I'm Megan Coleman. We're coming to you from MASH Minute, and we're coming to you to talk about Minute 50 of this film, which starts with another older man coming out of a bathroom stall, and it ends with Jim Henson about to get kicked off the phone. Megan, we have three major cameos to talk about in a minute (sighs) that also features Carl Perkins and a guy who's on one of my favorite shows, Madam Secretary. Things I learned IMDb-ing him right before we started. <laughs> I knew he looked familiar. In my defense, it has been many years. <laughs> he looks a little different now. <laughs> He's a little different now. So okay. I knew he looked familiar. So yeah, we are... Uh, we have so many people to talk about. I'm so excited. This is a great minute. It Should, really is. God, this is a good minute. I would like to say, yesterday we talked about historian Twitter and when they dunk on people and how much we enjoy it. And I just want to say... I recently read a thread about how bicycles were essentially the original dating app for women and the freedom that it inspired and then the fear in men that that freedom expired. And I am not here for the slut shaming going on in these credits. Oh, oh, literally. There's a lot of, uh, Mm. mm. should we go chronologically or are we not going to be able to contain? No, no, let's, let's go. Let's go chronologically. All right. So let's just uh, try to try to do that. Let's start with me having trouble pronouncing names. So this is Don Siegel or Don Seigel. Delete as appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) He started as an editor before moving to directing. He has many, many credits, including Dirty Harry, Escape from Alcatraz, and so close, Megan, the 1956 Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I love the 1956 version of the Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I wasn't sure if your love extended past the Jeff Goldblum or the Donald Sutherland. Oh, I mean, I like the, I mean, they're very different beasts. I just personally, because I'm a Cold War fanatic, like 50s Cold War fanatic, let's just really clarify that there, uh, that I just love that movie. I also did a whole paper on it in grad, well, actually it was a grad school class, but I took it as a senior in undergrad. So I might have um, weird emotional attachments to that movie as well. That's lovely. Yes, you are here for I'm... everyone's 50s Cold War needs, and I'm here for everyone's 80s Cold War needs. There you go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, yes. No, that's very true. I mean, I love the 80s, too, but okay. the 50s were just some messed up, crazy times, too. He's very cool. He does a he does a very good job with his little concerned look back, but his bow tie is crooked, and he doesn't wash his hands, so I hate it. Yeah, that's kind of gross that he doesn't wash his hands. It's gross. It's gross. He needs to wash his hands. <laughs> just wash your hands. It takes five seconds. Like, also, if you're trying to cover up or potentially badly cover up what might have been going on in the bathroom stall, wouldn't you just wash your hands to just keep up the appearance? I have a feeling men don't wash their hands as often as I choose to believe they do. For my own mental (laughs) self-preservation. I kind of want to ask my husband. (laughs) Don't do it. I'm not going to do it. I don't want to know. No. Wash your hands. Yes. Uh, That's nothing on... Don himself. I'm not. No, no, we're we're not (laughs) insinuating Don had horrible hygiene. We're just. 
His character. His character. Had horrible Um, genes. Embarrassed man, I believe, is how he was in the credits. I am fine with him being embarrassed man. And I will give him that he is not the only one involved in this scenario who does not wash his hands. This is true. Because I'm in love with the next person we meet, and I will have no slander against her. So, yes, because you could tell, you could see in the mirror to mm-hmm. the right of Jeff, that uh, mm-hmm. there's a woman wearing um, a string thong, a G-string, I guess, and she's pretty much naked, but she's obviously putting something on. And she's referred to as shameless woman. Parentheses. I really as, don't want to beep, but just picture it. Just imagine as, it in your ears. Right. Now, to be fair, it says afterwards in parentheses as Peggy Sands. So I'm not really sure. No, that's her name. Oh. That's what she was credited as at the time. But her official oh. name in IMDb is the McIntaggart. But yeah, she was oh, credited right. as, as Peggy, Peggy Sands. Sands. But the name is still So Sands, she is credited as shameless, shameless woman. woman. Um, double middle fingers. All the <laughs> Don't need to fingers. be beat because this chick is awesome, and we could do hours on Playboy and its oh, part yes. in American culture and what it oh. means and all that. And I have a feeling we're going to get a little bit of that just from the noises that you are making now. But I just mm. got to say, regardless of that, before I looked any of that up, before I knew this was a cameo, when this was just a pretty woman. This was just a woman who... She's rocking a G-string. She doesn't eat Spanx. That dress is beautiful. The way she says goodnight. The way she uh, just... The way she says hi, goodnight. She fluffs her hair. She owns it. I'm in love, okay? She is amazing. Can I just be her? As my (laughs) mother-in-law would tell me, and still tells me many times, if you got it, flaunt it, right? And she clearly owns it. I know a really great song, and when I say I no, I mean, I many times performed for my college roommates a really great song about that. <laughs> yeah, so until I looked her up on her internet movie database profile, mm-hmm. and you see there's like 15 credits, right? You know, initially as an actress. Yeah. And then there's some makeup department. That's cool. There's a random camera and electrical department. I saw that. Which it's is for kind a short, of interesting. So yeah, I it's for that's a short. really hard to find. Probably, yeah. There's a miscellaneous crew. That's cool. And then there's five cells. And it's basically um, Playboy. So apparently she was a Playboy. In... She was a Playmate of the Year. She was Playmate of the Year. Uh, 1990. Okay. She has her own Venus I have not confirmed that by looking. I just, uh, I'm to beat her. <laughs> yeah, there's apparently a video central centerfold excuse me from uh, 1989 fabulous and i love playboy in weird ways again because i went to a women's college i was a history major i'm just I gonna took, put my hands uh, on my chin and uh, <laughs> my microphone and be like tell me more megan I, I took a class on the history of sexuality and family with Laura Pareto at Simmons and was told the first day that the stuff on family made even academics not want to read it. So we were mostly going to focus on the sexuality part of that course. So Playboy clearly came up and we had feelings and talks. and Because yeah. I have very complicated um, feelings. And then add on to that, there was a point when I was about, I don't know, maybe when I, I think when we were kids at some point, like... I think it was in the mid-90s, they re-released all the Bond films on, like, VHS or something. And then, problematic. Oh, problematic, right. <laughs> but being that I was in 
fifth grade and was kind of impressionable. I decided... Were you impressed? (laughs) I wanted to be a Bond girl. Specifically, I wanted to be Jane Seymour. So I feel like there are worse examples of being a Bond girl you could be if you have to choose your, your druthers, right? Let's be honest. And then about that same time, I seem to recall that Playboy... And Hugh Hefter were having that sort of e-specialness of it all with the girls yeah. next door. And somehow I decided I didn't want to be the girl next door because I felt being Hugh Hefter's girlfriend would just was way too much work and weird. <laughs> so at least I had that going for me, even though I loved them. But I kind of wanted to be a play bunny, too. And by bunny, I mean I was upset to discover that the clubs no longer existed and I couldn't learn how to do the bunny dip and have the cute outfit. Um yeah, and then you go to Simmons and you become a history major and you are sort of like, what's wrong with me? And <laughs> There's a, yeah, there's a whole... Feminism turns into something different. Yeah, yeah, because it, it was, it, it's the whole, it's the same thing with the flight attendants of the... 60s. The, the uh, who was it that went undercover? Was that Steinem? Yes. Okay, yeah. Oh, I yes. read that piece, like the original. I, I and it own... Is- I own it that is, issue. It is. What would you like our bleep to be, Megan? It is upsetting. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. What what article? What year was that? I have to Google real quick. Oh, I don't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, being a Playboy bunny was one of those things that was glamorous in theory not as much in the actuality. And the problem is there are the quote-unquote stars of it, like Peggy McIntaggart, who yes, is um, in this movie uh, for less than a minute. This is all contained within a minute. And she gets to wear great jewelry. Oh, yeah. She, dress. She's fabulous. I mean... It just... Yeah. But her character, A, credited as Shameless Woman, also, I mean, I, I, I have said that I've complicated feelings about Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, about uh, oh. Diana's relationship, as revealed later. This is a clearly transactional arrangement sort of thing happening here. She's not in love with Embarrassed Man. No. Shameless Woman does not love Embarrassed Man. No. But clearly things have happened between them. Yes, it's kind of obvious. Some sexual acts happened. You you decide which ones. And I don't know how to feel about that. Also, she has nowhere to put any money, so this was a credit situation. This must have been a credit situation. Yeah, or... My face is getting ickier. Or or other things, escort-type services. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, the point is... Payment oh, is right. happening not at the site. <laughs> I'd like to think it already happened if she's smart, so she'd be sure to get her money, but maybe that's just what I would be like if I awkwardly ever did that. Uh, uh. <laughs> it's also weird that if she is an escort, they try and keep up the ruse. Yeah, unless they just figure, like, I don't know, because the 80s, I feel like in the 80s, you have a lot of movies where women are topless anyway. I feel like this might well, have been discussed yes. previously on There was no internet yet. And um, so women had to be topless in movies a lot more. <laughs> yes, that, is that just it? how it works. Um, I'm just going to shrug my shoulders and sigh because the patriarchy. Yeah. I also have an issue of Playboy. Speaking of creepy patriarchy, where and I, it's from the late 60s, I believe, as well, or early 70s, where they're talking about this girl who's basically training to be 
a Playboy bunny in one of the clubs. And she mm-hmm. practices the bunny dip with her father. Like, there's a picture of her dad at the table, and her mom's kind of awkwardly looking on. And Ugh. she's practicing the bunny dip. And I'm just like, why would you do that in front of your father? Yeah. It's this very weird, like, and you can tell he's like, I'm so proud of her because she has a job. And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like. It is very frustrating to me to want to be sex positive. Right. And no. If you um, got it, flaunt it, do what you want. And also knowing that historically it has not been that women wanted to do these things. It has been that that was the best option of a bunch of options. Yeah. I feel as women, we can't really win sometimes because it's just, you know, kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't in a way. Like, to sum it up yep. in a short sweet this is not a gender studies podcast <laughs> uh, even though they let us hijack it for a week they let also, us hijack it for a week thank you i do love that this is our last minute this week like all right let's bring out all the big guns <laughs> i love her i also I, I love, love michelle pfeiffer in this movie i've decided although i i get your critique of some of the acting choices i just can't help it because this whole little where she's pacing by the phone She's just it just she's, goes straight to my heart. And I want to steal that leather jacket of hers. I <gasps> I just want it. Um The jeans aren't mom 80s jeans, so I I'll steal those too, I guess. You know, let's just do the complete outfit. I love this outfit. I personally do not think I could pull off those boots, but I still love this, I try this it. whole outfit. I try um, it. Weird things have happened. She is a goddess. It's official. <laughs> I was actually reading uh, researching something else that the Riptide line, closest thing to Michelle Pfeiffer that you've ever seen, is him thinking about her as Catwoman. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But she is a goddess. She should have all the cool writers she wants because, dear God, if you've not sung Cool Rider every time there's a step step ladder around, what are you even doing with your life? That's a song from Grease 2 for people who aren't cool enough to know. And she's just great, and she does this whole pacing, frustrated, gonna sit down, stand back up really well. And I really love, I was trying to think of the best word to say this, but the way it cuts to these face close-ups in the bathroom of, how did this happen? I don't know, and it it launches in, and it's really good editing or pacing or storytelling i'm not sure where that decision happened but it's so good because we don't need this guy coming into the bathroom like we are just thrust back into this Mm. and it feels so much more high stakes doing it that way it's really good yeah than just like what's going on i don't know i'm tired just here's here's the phone number (laughs) my uh jeff goldblum fashion note for this minute is that that is such a tad shirt um (laughs) Every dad in the 80s had that shirt. It's like a law, apparently. And then I looked up the actor playing him in, and I'm just going to butcher names left and right. Am I even going to try and say it? Haoshang Tuzi? T-O-U-Z-I-E? Um, you know, sometimes I wish IMDb would just tell you <laughs> pronunciation. <laughs> I, I gotta give it up to Katie Nolan. I listen to her podcast, and she will every so often go off on rants about people who do pronunciation guides incorrectly. 
because um, as someone who talks on the air about sports figures, she is very reliant on those. And yeah, it, it, those are really good. When she's just like, this is what this mark means, and this is what these capitals mean, and you can't mix them up. Like, it, It's really great. Excuse Not me. that I would know how to read it, even if it had that, but... Yeah. <laughs> really excited because in looking up his IMDb and making sure that I was like keeping pe- track of people correctly I they were playing Baccarat because a Baccarat dealer is <laughs> so I feel very fancy <laughs> once more we're ending on a high note thank goodness we are going to end on a really high note we have I mean this movie is chock full of cameos but what's the first one that gets mentioned other than David Bowie, but you know what? The more I've watched this movie, David Bowie's not, not a cameo. The, the, it, he has a role. He's just in this movie. Yeah. So of cameos, oh. Jim, Henson Jim Henson is on the phone. There's oh. an ashtray next to him, although he is not smoking. He's not smoking. That's okay. He refers to a Rick, which people were theorizing could be a reference to Rick Lyon from Sesame Street. Um, uh, yeah, I guess that could be. I, I, and and there's no confirmation. That literally was just like, this could be in the trivia section. So I, I thought I would toss it out there in case people also found that interesting. And then I was like, what notes do I take on this? I mean, it's Jim Henson. Do you really not know who Jim Henson is? But my favorite thing that I learned going through this, well, okay, there's two things that I learned. I have to be honest. <laughs> Apparently, Lydia the Tattooed Lady was one of his all-time favorite songs, and the Muppets performed it at his memorial service. Oh. I remember when he died, and I was so bummed. I was like, but Kermit doesn't have a voice anymore. Yeah. I think they did it. They they, they did really good. Well. Yeah, no, they did well. But it was like the first time like a celebrity that I knew like died as a kid, and I was like, inconsolable. And I was like, Aww. I was like, Kermit. My mom's like, it's it's gonna be okay. And I'm like, Kermit doesn't sound the same. It's not Jim Henson. <laughs> My mom's like, uh, it's gonna be okay. The one that got me was uh, Mr. Rogers passed away when I was in college. Oh, that was and hard. I too. remember college almost like like there was it was almost like there was an unofficial day of mourning because everyone was just like, I can't. I can't deal with this day. Can't. We all just stayed in our room. We're all like, we're all hit refresh. Uh, uh, yeah. I remember when George Harrison died. That was bad for me too. But yeah. Oh. Yeah. When Lydia the Tattoo. When I read that, that song has a That's special so place sweet. in my heart because um, that was one of the songs I found through making that mash mix for my party. Because oh, really? I think Klinger sings it at one point. And I was trying to find songs that were used in the show to make a party mix. And so I had Lydia the Tattooed Lady on there. And as you know, I made what I thought was a very generous two-hour mix. And it played for like 12 hours. So all the songs on there are very imprinted on my mind. (laughs) One of his listed early influences that he would talk about is Kukla, Fran, and Ollie. Yes! I love because I thought I was one of the last people on Earth who knew that that was a thing. (laughs) No, that's a thing. I love um my grandfather loved it, and so we had a videotape of it. Like, it was one of the first videotapes that I like remember. And so now we can't get rid of it, even though my parents don't have a VCR anymore. 
the scratchy black and oh, white yes. terrible transfer yes but it was so exciting because you could have it went on whenever you want whenever you want you could drive your parents crazy <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna watch it again right uh sure <laughs> yeah kid yeah kid. and it was really nice because looking at pictures and it's funny because we had that. That was a very early influence on my family, too. And then my sister got really into Lamb Chop. And the more I read about Kukla, Fred, and Ollie, the more I was like, this is like Sherry Lewis and Lamb Chop, kind of. Oh, God. Now I have so that socks look at my head. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying it came full circle. Okay. That's all. It's all good. It's all if time. it's any consolation, anytime Ollie comes up, I then get the Sybil and Ollie socks <laughs> 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 I'm just going to say Omega and see if I hear any, like, screaming when this episode airs. <laughs> like, the Force and Alderaan <laughs> of a billion people getting it stuck in their heads. <laughs> Jim Henson is here looking great. It's looking good. Oh, dressed appropriately. For dressed this appropriate, club. yes. I just realized Embarrassed Man has a red bow tie and so does Man on Phone. Oh. They're very different ties. They are. But they're both red. Hmm. And that same, like, that that dark... Kind of crimson, not crimson. I was just, I was like, crimson or blood red? Which is the way to go here? Eh, so, Harvard colors, whatever. Bula, bula, bula. <laughs> I'll not be rooting for Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, he is... Mr. Williams is whispering something to him, and he is about to put down his gorgeous... What what blue would that be, speaking of colors? Oh, this um, is, like, the most... I have this paused on second 59, the very end of this minute. Yeah, I do, too. the plant in the circular mirrored vase in front of the mirror oh, God, with the that's, etching... That's such an 80s. With the phone, with the gray plastic ashtray, like... This is the most 80s thing, and there have been a lot of 80s things. <laughs> there have been a lot of 80s things in this movie so far, and there will be even Ooh. more. Don't you worry. But, uh, who? <laughs> I'm a little sad we don't get to talk about more, but you know what? This I, I can't believe that when I watched this movie, I was like, God, I would love to talk about these dresses with Megan, and... We did. Like, I, yeah. I swear, hand to God, I did not contact Jim. It just happened. <laughs> it just happened. <laughs> like, just give me some minutes. <laughs> and he's like, okay. <laughs> so we've been referencing this Jim guy. Jim came puts together these wonderful podcasts where movies by minutes host rotate, taking a week at a time. And it's just really fun to kind of drop in. I mean, I love doing these podcasts, but they are a commitment. Yeah. And so being able to swoop in and just enjoy five minutes has been a delight. It's kind of fun. <laughs> I've never done this before. I kind of like it. Aww. Yeah. I, I was lucky enough to do Die Hard, like I said, and annoy <laughs> people. But I love that movie. And I had never, when he first announced this one, I was like, that's funny to go from Die Hard to some Jeff Goldblum movie I've never heard of. I know. I was like, How okay, wait, weird. Wait, I'm sorry. So it's Jeff Goldblum. And Michelle Pfeiffer and Dan Aykroyd and someone from Animal House and what? I'm sorry. And Jim Henson. And Jim Henson. And David Bowie. And Carl Perkins, who I now know. Who now I now know, right, yes. I'm like, what? Yeah. What is this movie? What's going on here? 
I'm glad we looked I'm glad we looked up her. Also, I'm just gonna throw it out there. I'm not gonna read them off, but if you go into IMDB and you go to this movie's full cast, it's listed in order of appearance. So if you want to look up who Hamid's girls are, you know, in the, instead of referring to them as Barbie's 70s, 80s, and 90s. Or um, dress, there's also Savic um, Bimbo because, you know, that sounds wonderful yeah, too. Clearly we have some issues with the way people are listed in the credits. I'm just saying, you know, if you... If you thought you recognized someone watching this movie, go double check because you probably did. You might might recognize (laughs) them. And I know we didn't mention everyone. So it's like, okay, I just want to throw it out there that this isn't one of those movies. Sometimes you go and the full cast list still isn't really the full cast. And this one is very extensive. Yes. So if there's something you feel like it missed or if you're watching this and like I said with Hamid, I was like, I think think I know this. What else has this guy been in? Because he looks really familiar. And then I worry, like, does he just look like someone else? Well, he was in Argo, which I think is what I... But Madam Secretary is probably what I was thinking of, because that would have been what I saw the most of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, TV Um, TV show, yeah. So... I, I think it's it's well worth if you are in the back of your mind being like, huh, I wonder if that's someone. Double check, because I, I will give props. They are very thorough. And, and again, in release order so that you can line up and be like, okay, well, this could apply to a bunch of different people, but no, 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 I got it. I got it. So, yeah, it's it's a little... Uh, IMDb has changed over the, oh, God help us, more than a decade that it has existed. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it, it's still a good resource. It, it has the problems that all open yeah. source resources have, but... but- it used to be a lot more authoritative, but I still think it is a it's good It's a good jumping and off And I wanted point. to give a shout out to whoever did this. Well done. <laughs> yes. Again, librarians, we appreciate a we well done record. We <laughs> appreciate these things. It makes us happy. We appreciate thoroughness of details. Yes. As one does. <laughs> As one does. It's all good. I feel like people are going to be horrified that we didn't spend more time talking about Jim Henson, but I just kind of feel like, well, it, it's not like this is new information. No, no. I mean, you know, this is it's not... It's just that he's here. That's exciting. Right. I mean, like, we're excited about it. I mean, he clearly knew John, so, you know, that probably helps, yeah. but, you know, yeah. There is a... Oh, shoot. I should what? have looked up what it's called. There's a Muppets Movies... Movies by minutes, but I have to look up. <gasps> what? I didn't know that. What? It, oh yeah. <gasps> um, oh, they need a shout out because I need to also get on that RSS feed. Pronto. They're on the Great Muppet Caper. <laughs> Hi so, guys. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't get enough, Muppets Minute is doing movies by minutes for it, and um, we confirmed that by going to moviesbyminutes.com. We were going to give them an official plug anyway in our little outro plug section, all fanciness. But I'm just scrolling through and being reminded of how many, how many are on my to be listened to list. My TBR, but for podcasts. Because right next to Muppets Minute is Dunstan Checks In. We're about to turn this 6% rotten movie into a five-star podcast. Um, There's Dave Made a Minute, which is... This kind of idea, different hosts took different minutes, except none of, we didn't know the movie. 
We did it blind. Ooh. Guess what's happening style. Um, that could so there's, be interesting. Yeah, there's there's a lot on here that are... It's it's just delightful. It's I'm delightful. just going to go out and say it. I mean, obviously, I'm biased. <laughs> well, you know, it's okay. Everyone has biases, right? I learned, I learned as a history major. Oh. <laughs> I had to take an entire semester class on how everyone has biases. So, yeah. 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 Good times. I also feel that we have to, I don't think we mentioned it yet, that there is a MASH connection with this movie. Go for it. Carl, okay. Golib, who plays... Gottlieb. Gottlieb, who plays Ugly John, is a federal agent later on in the movie. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> there might be some federal agents involved because there are emeralds, um, you know. <laughs> I mean, this this minute is ratcheting up the tension. It is ratcheting up the tension. I mean, yes. he's delivered the phone number. They're now getting a phone. So we, we know things are going to progress. Things are going to happen. It's coming. It's coming. But yes, there, there's a mesh connection. Find more Into the Night Minute podcast on iTunes and Google Play or at the main site, nightminute.com. Check out the social media. There's a Facebook group, The King Lives Listener's Limo. Uh, and that is where you can discuss all your theories. And I'm sure today there will be stuff about how wonderful Jim Henson is. Because now everyone is thinking about it. Uh, there might not be quite as much uh, allowed to be posted due to rules of Peggy McIntaggart. <laughs> but... <laughs> We still love her too, <laughs> just in different ways. And uh, on Twitter, at Night Minute is another place, because I know not everyone has the face wall as Megan's dad. <laughs> yeah, just have the face wall. Put on my face wall, Meg. Uh, okay, cool. And then we're, we're signing over and out. That is all gone, going back to talk about Donald Sutherland and Elliot Gould, but you can join your new hosts next Monday. Dun, dun, dun here on the Into the Night Minute. Do we thank you or what? I'd say I fall in your what category? 